Welcome to Game and Going Deeper, a podcast series by the Game and's Brotherhood, where we talk about everything personal development, mental health, and sexuality. We are your hosts. We have Michael Teorio. He's a life and wellness coach specializing in sexuality, relationships, and self-confidence. And I am an intuitive life and spiritual coach and counselor specializing in healing and empowerment. So we each have our own coaching practice, but in this podcast, we always like to share our best stuff with you guys. And today we have a very great topic. I'm excited to talk about this with you, Michael. Uh, manifesting your ideal partner or partners. And um, we're going to be exploring questions like, what is your experience when it comes to attracting love? How do you know what you authentically desire and who your ideal partner is? And what wisdom can you share on how to manifest your ideal partner? So I know you love this topic just as yes. much as I do. Manifestation, law of attraction, yeah. all the good stuff. I know you do a lot of blogging on this topic. So um, yeah. This is uh, this is going to be a good episode. Uh, all right, so we will continue these discussions as always in the last Thursday of every month in the Gay Men's Brotherhood Zoom Hangout, where you'll have a chance to share your own experiences. This podcast and YouTube channel are listener and viewer supported. If you enjoy what we're creating, you can support us by making a donation to the show using the link in the show notes. You can also subscribe to early access option on Apple Podcasts, listen ad free, and gain early access to episodes on. And all your support helps us continue making content for you and supporting our community. So we do thank you in advance. And lastly, if you are looking to accelerate your personal development journey, you can check out our new coaching collection. Learn how to empower and heal yourself at your own pace by getting instant access to 45 premium coaching or personal development coaching videos created by us, as well as our healing your shame and building better relationships courses. So you can head over to gaymengoingdeeper.com for more information. All right, so I, I said off the top partners or partners. I just want to say that off the top because we have people in our community and there are people that are navigating uh, non-monogamous and polyamorous relationships and they have more than one partner. Um, so it can be partner or partners, whatever floats your boat. Um, I will preface with that. Um, so we're going to be kind of breaking down three concepts according to me michael have a michael might have other concepts he wants to bleed into but um i came up with manifestation intention and law of attraction i think these are kind of really really important uh when it comes to manifesting our ideal partner um so manifestation i define as intentionally creating your reality through your beliefs and actions so the word that sticks out for me is intentionally we are intentionally creating a reality we're saying we want we want this. We want this reality. Bring it. To, bring it to me. So that means we have to set an intention, and I define an intention as a focused desire for a chosen outcome. Uh, chosen being the key word, and focused being the key word. So we have to really hone in. So it's really important when we're doing this work to be clear about what we need and what we want, and the values that are that are associated with that. And one of the most important things to, to being clear with our needs is really being clear with our emotions, feeling, right? I always talk about this. Our, our feelings are so much rich with data about our desires, our fears, our insecurities, our needs, and needs very specifically, right? So a lot of times when we have an emotion arise in us, there's going to be an unmet need associated with that emotion. 
um, if it's a, if it's a negative emotion, if it's a positive emotion, it'll be a need, like it's showing us what we need, what we want. So, uh, that's why it's, you know, a lot of the work I do is like, let's get you back into the felt sense of who you are so we can really get there. So that's kind of like, you know, the, the main thing here. And then with all this, we're kind of using this like spiritual law or this universal law of attraction, which is, um, you know, there's, there's a bunch of different ways to view it, but um, some of them are like attracts like. So who we are is what we will attract. Um, we will attract what we focus on. So wherever we draw our attention, uh, we will attract that into our lives. And uh, I want to highlight too that it's, you know, in order to use these principles, like we set an intention, we have a manifestation that we want to bring in and we're using the law of attraction. We have to become a vibrational match to what we desire. And oftentimes people don't realize that. So, and, you know, people will say, well, you know, I just, I set an intention and it didn't, it didn't come to me, right? Why, why didn't it come to me? It still hasn't come to me. Um, and that's often because we aren't in a vibrational match to what we desire. And that usually what I see with people is why we're not a vibrational match is because we have things that we have to work through still, whether that be karma or we have to heal um, these sorts of things. So we can, attract what we want. And I'll, I'll give you an example. It, we might say, well, I'm, I want my partner. I, I'm just, I'm ready for this person to come in. And we're saying this from the cerebral part of us, this maybe egoic part that just really desires to have somebody, but we haven't learned to open our heart yet. We haven't learned how to receive love mm -hmm. or to feel worthy of love. And I may be speaking from personal experience <laughs> and, uh, and we aren't attracting what we desire. And it's like, why, right? Why am I not a vibrational match here? So a lot of the work in that instance might be open your heart, learn how to receive love. And then the law of attraction starts to work, right? So that's, there's an element here of like, we can't just rely on the universe to bring us what we want. We actually have to do the work of becoming a match to, to the things that we desire. So I wanted to just point that out. Um, and there's a major difference between what we need versus what we want. I think oftentimes, um, we don't see what it is that is in the way of us and what we're subconsciously blocking, um, love, right? So we almost have this dualistic experience. It's like, why, why am I not attracting love? I'm, I'm ready for it. I've been waiting my whole life for it, but we might be stuck. We might be subconsciously blocking um, attracting, and this doesn't necessarily just apply to relationships. This can apply to finances or, mm -hmm. or all the things that we desire in our lives. We, we, a lot of us have some subconscious blocks based on self-limiting beliefs and, uh, that can, can really impact our ability to be able to manifest. So, um, and then I found this thing online. I want to read it to you because it's, I thought it was interesting. It was on Teal Swan's page. I'm not sure if this is a quote from her, but, uh, it says, witches call it spells. Christians call it prayer, spiritualists call it manifestation, atheists call it placebo effect, scientists call it quantum physics, everyone's arguing over its name, no one is deny denying its existence. And I thought that was really interesting. And uh, it, what what I think it's saying is that there's something there's something greater at play here, right? We are we are uh, this grain of sand on this giant beach of of sand, and and there's all of this you know, stuff at play here, this whole universe is at play. And, and we become a part of that. Uh, when we practice principles like surrender and letting go and trusting and opening our heart and 
So this is the conversation I wanted to have today because this has been a major, major issue for me. Um, and I haven't attracted my person. I've attracted a many wonderful, beautiful people into my life and some very challenging relationships. Um, but I haven't found that person yet that has come in and that, that's felt like a, a match yet. So um, I'm going to share from that place within me and, uh, and we'll, we'll go through the questions, but is there anything you wanted to add? Cause I know you have a lot of you know wisdom in this area. So what? Um, yeah, first of all, great, great intro. I love the way you kind of give us that tutorial and, and, uh, for, for maybe people who are new to this or don't know much about it, that was a really, really good, concise way of putting it all together. Um, you. something you said that I really loved. And I think this is why when it comes to the term law of attraction, I think there's mm -hmm. people who like get really excited and then people just kind of scoff and roll their eyes and like, yeah. right. I think the reason is because it sounds really easy and I'm really happy you mentioned it. It sounds yeah. easy. Oh, you just think about what you want and it comes to you. No, 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 <laughs> no, yeah. that doesn't work. And if you think that's, what's going to happen, you're going to be very disappointed and then you're going to throw out the whole thing. And yeah. I think that's what happens. It, it really is, has been the hardest inner work of my life is to figure not figure it out, but it's actually quite simple, but the, like all the layers that are unseen or unknown, um, mm -hmm. you know, you said it best, uh, the deserving, right. You, you yeah. have to believe you deserve it. And it's not just as easy as saying, Oh, I believe I deserve it. You can't trick the universe, my friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, or whatever word you want to use. Uh, you can't trick it. It just, you know, you, it, it will reveal to you where you are at. And that is the hard part. It's like, Fuck, I want to be further. <laughs> like I thought I had this, but you know, yeah. it's not so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it more, but I think, uh, that you really hit the nail on the head. So for anyone who kind of scoffed at the law of attraction, it's actually not that easy. It's not as easy as just mm -hmm. saying an affirmation. It really is more than just the words and more than just the cerebral stuff. It is yeah. the felt sense you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. And I think when I talk about becoming a vibrational match to something, that's really what I'm talking about is feeling it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And like our thoughts are really powerful and they can create our reality, but it's like our emotions are really what inform everything. And when we get into a vibrational match, it's like, I'm not just thinking I love myself. I'm feeling that I love myself. When I feel that I love myself, I will attract somebody to match that vibration but just thinking thoughts of loving yourself but not actually having an open heart and loving yourself that's not enough to attract right that's more the ego energy saying i desire this bring it to yeah. me versus the heart being open and saying i'm ready for this let's do this right yeah. um and that's what i've been you know that that dissonance between those two things is what i've been negotiating for for my whole life really and i'm finally doing the work now i've done enough of the 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 foundational work and now i'm doing that final piece of like releasing the parts that are around my heart and and you know the singing has been a big part of this and i've been doing somatic work with a therapist and um it's been tremendous and i'm i'm noticing how guarded i've been and and for for a good reason do you know what i mean like i think the protection mechanisms that we've built around our hearts are very, very adaptive and they're very, uh, they're, 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 they're smart to a certain degree uh, because perhaps we were in situations when we were younger uh, that were very unsafe and we had to guard against them in order to maintain sanity and, uh, and survive. But we get to a place in life where it's like, okay, I'm not able to let love in what's going on here. And I, and so that's where I'm at now is I'm, and, and I'm not just talking romantic, like I'm learning how to let my, my mom and my sister and my friends and my family back into my heart, because there was a big part of me that shut down as a way to stay safe. So, um, and as I'm doing this work, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm attracting, um, 
interesting romantic situations into my life. And they're, it's like, as I'm going um, along, they're becoming more and more a match. Right. And I think that's a, that's a big, a big part of this. So, uh, okay, let's go into the first question. So yeah. what is your experience when it comes to attracting love? I'm very curious about, about your answer. <laughs> There's so many different ways that I can answer this, but I will say before when I didn't understand or have access to any of these concepts, mm -hmm. the way I, I attracted love, if you had asked me when I was like, I don't know, 25 is okay. Who do I want? Mm -hmm. Like find, find who he is. Uh, who does he want me to be like how do i impress him mm. and then be that guy so kind of perform oh okay he likes this thing so i'm gonna just pretend i like that or he 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 seems to be someone who's interested in these kinds of people or go to this party so i'm gonna go to that party and so that is basically people pleasing it's a form of people pleasing it's not authentic at least yeah. in the case that i was doing things that i wasn't authentically interested in mm. um and so that connection wasn't based on me being me it was based on me performing for him and obviously those connections didn't work. So that was then. As I became more uh, familiar with the law of attraction and manifestation and kind of went down that path, the way I do it now is how do I want to feel? Let's say it's a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. How do I want to feel in that relationship? I don't even, I take the person out of the equation completely. Mm -hmm. How do I want to feel? I want to feel secure. I want to feel loved. I want to feel supported. I want to feel fun. I want to feel whatever that might be. I feel that. I be that. And I just mm -hmm. find every instance in my life where that's there. And I acknowledge it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that mm -hmm. feels good. Even if it's not from a person. Even if I'm just, I don't know, feeling loved from someone else. I'll be like, ah, oh, yes, that's the love. That's what it feels like. That's what I want to feel more of. And I be it. And then if I do that enough for enough times the person shows up, the person just fills in the space. So in the old way, it was about defining the person and trying to make them be trying to make them squeeze into that spot. But now it's like, set the canvas, and then the person just shows up. Yeah, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. So yeah, I think that's the before and after. <clears throat> but I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about how it worked, how how it has worked for me to attract love. Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. gonna toot my own horn a bit and say I'm actually pretty good at manifesting in general uh, yeah. on all kinds of different things love is included and I, I was thinking about it, I'm like okay what why what is that what, what do I owe that to so I came up with a few things mm -hmm. the first thing and you said it is I believe I deserve it yeah right whatever whatever that is when it comes to love I absolutely at my core I don't even need to believe it because I just know it that I am deserving and worthy of love that's mm -hmm. it and I just know that and that was a lot of work I say that now and it sounds easy <laughs> but it was it took a long it was it was a long time to get there um, so that's number one you have to believe it like i said you cannot trick the universe uh it, it will show you it will reflect to you it will manifest for you what you actually are vibing and yeah. you can't always see that right like you said it's not always conscious sometimes there's things that you don't see or there yeah oh it sucks <laughs> yeah so that that, that has yeah. been the hardest part and that's where i kind of want to throw in the towel sometimes be like this fucking universe piece of shit blah 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 um yeah. but it just tells me okay there's more work to do right and what does that work so that's one two is that i what, what has been successful for me is finding all of the ways that already exists in my life so if i have mm -hmm. something i do not want let's say it's love or a relationship i find all of the ways i do have it and there's, mm -hmm. if you think about it, if you like use your imagination and like open yourself up, then like you can find love everywhere. You can find love everywhere. If you have a pet, your pet loves you. You love your pet. If you have a family or whoever, you just find love. And just again, 
tap into that feeling, use whatever the the object is, doesn't matter, doesn't have to be a person, doesn't have to be a romantic partnership, but you could find the feeling of love anywhere in your life, mm. scour your life, like a like scour your life for all the places you feel love, and then like milk it. Yeah. Um, that's that's something that I can do really well. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, when people do show up and they're not the right person, I don't make rejection mean. I just make rejection mean the universe is saying next. The universe is like, nope, yeah, not the one. Um, and then similar to that is gratitude. So for all the places I do find love, keeping in mind there are many different kinds of love, right? There's romantic love, family love, self-love. There's a playful love, affectionate mm -hmm. love. Um, just be grateful for it. And I I, I make a habit of just kind of saying thank you in my mind's eye. Like, oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Every little interaction that was a positive interaction. Thank you. A little kindness. Thank you, universe. universe or the, someone smiles at me on the street and says, good morning. I say good morning back. Thank you. Like all these little things, the more you're grateful for, at least in my case, the more of that, that will show up. Yes. And the last that's thing, gratitude, that's why gratitude is so powerful for the law of attraction, because we are affirming what we have. And we're saying, I want more of that. So when we have gratitude, we become a vibrational match to it. But what I want to share quickly, uh, and I know you're not finished, but uh, is embody gratitude, instead of just mm -hmm. think about it as an intellectual concept, embody it, feel it go downward as opposed to up when you're thinking about it. Like the, the thought of gratitude is the origin, but then we have to feel what it feels like to be grateful and thankful for that. That's how we become a vibrational match. But I imagine it, maybe this is what you're talking about, but I imagine it as like, I take it and like bring it, like receive it into yes. my body for people who can't see me. I'm like grasping at the air and pulling yeah. it into my heart. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I use visualization because I'm very, very visual and I have a strong imagination. So Same. I'll just visualize. I'm like, it feels so good to have these things. And, and then, yeah, I just feel my heart opening and it just feels really beautiful. Yeah. 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 Gratitude is, is, I know it's, it's so cliche, but it's so true, at least in my experience. It's the most underrated and overused. <laughs> like it's like it's so so essential. Like and it's so simple and free, and yeah. you can do it anywhere, anytime. Like you yeah. don't need anything. You just just notice the notice the appreciation of things yeah. in the world. Yeah. And my last point was, and this one is <clears throat> probably something that I didn't learn until you know later was just to have fun with it. Um, because if you take this stuff too seriously, it totally kills the vibe it, for me, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's light. It can be fun. Um, it should be joyful. I think the universe has a sense of humor. When I attract something in my life, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I, I just have fun with it. And and the funny thing is, as I have fun with it, it just becomes easier because that tension is, that, en that energy of tension just brings more stress and tension, right? Whereas the energy of lightheartedness allows things to flow a lot faster, a lot easier. And Matt, I have to credit you for one of my favorite mantras, uh, less force, more flow. I'm ready to let go. I believe that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. That I use that all the time. And uh, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly how it works. When I stop forcing and just have fun with it, things just happen. Yeah. Yeah. I channeled that when I was living in Asia. That was like right around when we first met, wasn't it? Yeah. But it stuck with I me. Think, like, I feel like yeah. you channeled it for me because it was exactly yeah. <laughs> what I need. Yeah. Yeah. It was exactly what I needed. My guides gave it to me very deliberately because I was going through a massive surrender and learning how to give up control, <laughs> which seems to be a lifelong thing for me. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah. Yeah.
Uh, okay, do you feel complete? Yes. Yeah, that's good. I want to hear from you. Well, actually, I have a question for you before I go into mine. Do you believe in soulmates? Um, yes, I believe that. I, I don't know what the definition, what you define that as, but I believe that there could be multiple. Yeah. 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 And I believe for me, the, the way that I'm looking at romantic love, probably in the last five to 10 years, five years, is that I believe my life will be full of many lovers uh, and different relationships for different eras of me. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, we are kind of in a culture where the traditional story is you meet someone, you grow old with them, that is your one person. Yeah. I love that. That's wonderful. My sister and brother mm -hmm. both have married their high school sweethearts and are having, oh, you know, yeah. beautiful lives. And I get to see that unfold. And, and that is beautiful. Yeah. But I don't know if that's for me. I love yeah. the idea. I mean, I'm only 40. But I love the idea that I look back at my life now and I have, you know, I can think of so many, you know, romances, whether they lasted a month or years that I'm so grateful for. And they're so beautiful and they're so different in their own way. And they kind of represent different eras of my life. And I, I like that because I'm ever changing there's yeah. just always reinventing myself typical gemini yeah. yeah and so i don't know i think i think you could have soulmates for different yeah. different phases and not every not all of those are soulmates definitely not but some stick out more than others absolutely and who knows maybe at the end of my life um when i look back one or two will will stick out more than the rest yeah exactly yeah cool thanks for sharing um all right <laughs> where to begin for me so I, I kind of almost have one word to describe like my experience when it comes to attracting love, which would be disorganized. It's been very, very disorganized. Um, and that, that's my attachment style. So it just, it makes complete sense uh, for people that don't know what a disorganized attachment style is. It's essentially like a blend of anxious and avoidant. So usually, um, and it's characterized by hot and cold, right? So it's like, yes, I want intimacy, come, come to me. And then as soon as it comes, I freak out and I'm like, ah, get away from me, right? And it's like very confusing. It's one of the harder attachment styles to treat. And it's one of the harder attachment styles to have, to be honest, because it's characterized by so much confusion and it's exhausting and it's push-pull, it's hot-cold. Um, so anybody that's been in a relationship with me, I should give everybody a certificate and be like, you've done so good. Because <laughs> I know it hasn't been easy. Um, and I've also attracted people with disorganized and two people with disorganized attachments. It's very, very challenging. Um, so somebody that shows up as anxious in a connection with me, I become avoidant. And somebody that shows up as avoidant, I become anxious and um, so I would, I would say I'm like so close to earning my security badge. Like I've done so much deep work, like a decade long of work on this. And it's been tremendous. My journey, very painful, um, moving through this, but I feel like I'm, I'm making massive strides right now and have been for the last few years. Uh, but there, there's, there's just a, a, a looming, uh, feeling of not being safe. That's what it comes down to a deep fear of of intimacy, a deep fear of abandonment, um, a deep fear of rejection, these sorts of things. So what I've attracted yeah. <laughs> has been, uh, it's been really interesting. So um, I've attracted, uh, I've attracted relationships that are, um, well, it, so my mother has a disorganized attachment. My father has more of an avoidant attachment style. And uh, with aspects of security, I would say in my father, but my mom's very disorganized. And this relationship has, these were two relationships have taught me um, that 
it, relationships aren't safe to a certain degree and that they're not consistent and that uh, there's lots of possibility to become hurt in in relationships. So my, my early experiences of relationships were very, very confusing. They were very um, scary. There was a lot of fear associated with it. So um, I've attracted partners who resemble maternal energy and I've attracted partners who resemble paternal energy. And I would say more so paternal because that's the karma I was working through is I was attracting a lot of avoidant men and I'm very, very sexually drawn towards avoidant men. There's something about the chase or the, you know, and I was like that with my father, always like trying to seek his validation, his approval, like give me attention. And I never felt like I ever got it. You know what I mean? It was like, um, yeah, especially emotionally, I think with my father, I was always seeking an emotional connection, but that he doesn't have the capacity for that. He's a very intellectual guy. And uh, so I kept playing out this pattern over and over and over again. And uh, I just wasn't learning. You know, I believe the universe gives you lessons. And when you pass them, you stop getting that lesson. And for me, it was like literally almost a decade and a half of attracting avoidant and avoidant and avoidant. And what it was highlighting for me is my lack of self-worth, my lack of safety within myself, and all the trauma that I had to heal inside of me. And uh, so I have a lot of gratitude now for these partnerships because they were really the medicine I needed, although they were very painful. So I think that's kind of the main thing um, of what I've attracted. And then, so now I'm, 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 I find that I have done the work to not attract that. I see my worth. I, I no longer actually, and you know what it was, I'll, I'll say this. So growing up as somebody that's, that, that's dealt with attachment trauma, usually I see this in, in, in people that I work with and, and in myself, their tolerance for red flags increases it's almost like an adaptation because when we're living in an, in an environment where there's red flags uh, we develop a tolerance to them because we have to we're around them and it's like okay so i've got to be around these and we, they almost become normalized and part of the work of healing attachment trauma is lowering the threshold lowering the tolerance level so you become more sensitive to red flags and you begin to notice them and that's the work that I've that I've done. So now what I do after I go on a date um, or I start chatting with a guy is I have a I have folders in my phones and there's um, red flags, green flags, aligned values and misaligned values. And after every date, I'll just go in and I it's like a little sheet and I'm like I fill it in okay this is what I identified in him this is potentially a red flag and I keep a track of it because the old me would bypass that mm -hmm. right and I I wouldn't I wouldn't notice them or I would and I would just sweep them away because it was what I was used to so I did that for the last few years when I've when I've been dating and it's helped me tremendously to kind of reprogram that part of me being like oh yeah okay these are red flags and these are not good values you know, somebody that drinks a lot is not a, a value alignment with me. You know what I mean? Like, that's just not good for me. So, and before I used to just override that, I'd be like, okay, what well, I, you know, so it won't be that big of a deal. And then it just becomes problematic in the relationship. So I've learned to really honor what it is that, uh, what it is that I need. So, um, 
Yeah, I think doing this healing work has has allowed me to come closer to being a match to what it is that I desire because I now understand what it is that I that I want. And the the unhealed version of me was quite codependent and was other centric, right? So I didn't yeah. know what I wanted. I didn't know what I needed. So I think a lot of the healing work that I've done has really connected me back into myself and I've developed a stronger sense of self in knowing what it is that I want, what my fears are, um because, you know, when we have trauma and we dissociate, we dissociate from that part of us. So we're not sure what we want. We just kind of go with whatever. We become people pleasers. And I think that uh, that really impacted my relationships in a big way is that people pleasing aspect. So, um, but yeah, I, I feel like uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to attract uh, a partnership. And, you know, to answer the question that I posed to you around soulmates is that I, I believe that um, well, I believe you're a soulmate of mine. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I believe we have platonic and romantic soulmates. And I, I do believe that we have many, um, <clears throat> you know, I believe my mom is a soulmate. Like I've my soul chose to come in and reincarnate into this life with her. And she had medicine for me, yes. right? Clearly <laughs> my father had medicine for me. So we, I believe as souls, we kind of enter this like you know, incubation period, and we're looking at, okay, what do I need? What does this soul need to do in this life in order to whatever break karma or to, you know, ascend to its next level of consciousness. And then we, um, we select and we say, okay, this soul has this medicine, I need this, 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 and then we go through the little toolbox, the spiritual toolbox, okay, I'm going to need this, this and this for this journey. And that's the resilience, right, as we have our toolbox full of things that we need. And then we go on our journey and we embark on our journey. And um, when I view the world through the lens of that, I'm reminded that everything is happening for me, not to me. And uh, and I search for the meaning in all the things that are happening to me. And that really helps me on this journey when things get really hard. Um, but then I've also had this interesting experience. So every single guy that I've been in a relationship with it's always like there's a part of me that knows they're not my person. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of me that feels like I am cheating on my person. So I do know that in this life that there is, I do have a soulmate, like a, a one person that is going to come into my life and we're going to build a life together. Like, I just, I know that, like I've known it since I was a little boy. And uh, so it's kind of, it's really interesting that I have this experience and I've never actually talked to anybody and, and, so I'd be curious if anybody relate can relate to that, that you've had this feeling like of cheating on on somebody when you're in a relationship, um, if if or if this is just unique to, to my experience, but please share in the YouTube comments if you've had this experience before, because I'd be curious to know. Yeah, so, okay. I, I uh, want to jump in with a story. Sure, yeah. Because uh, I think there's a lot of people out there who probably heard some of what you said and can were like, probably I can see them like shaking, like nodding along yeah. the, why do I keep attracting the same kind of person that is a question I get a lot and yeah. I was actually helping a client with this this week um yeah. he kept attracting very selfish narcissistic guys he kept just that was his thing that was his pattern and I love the way you said it so you know the way that we went about it is like okay what what are these trying to teach you what are the skills you need here to you know, not do that. And it turns out that he was really lax in his boundaries. He didn't know how to create them. He didn't know how to maintain them. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, this 
all these people are coming into your life to teach you how to create boundaries. And until you learn how to create and maintain boundaries for yourself, you will continue to attract this as kind of like a lesson. So uh, that's a great example. So if you are someone out there who has been attracting the same kind of person, ask yourself why that might Mm be. Yeah. Do you have any tips, Matt, for, or for like what kind of questions they could ask? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is what is this, what is this relationship trying to teach me? What lessons are there to be learned here? Like that sort of thing and get clear about it. And some people have the, the wherewithal or the awareness to be able to go and do that work on their own, but some people do need coaching or like they need objectivity because we get Mm -hmm. lost and swept up in our, in our emotional world and in our relationships. So that's why relationship coaching or counseling is so, so powerful um, in, in, you know, getting that objectivity, but I do see that too. And there's a, there's a very strong victim energy associated with that, that energy. And it's, uh, it's not until we take responsibility. Right. And that's why I say search for the meaning in why things are happening as opposed to being like, uh, this is happening to me. Why me? Why me? It's like, this is happening for me. I've called it in on a subconscious level because the universe is trying to bring in, people that are going to crack you open so you can be open and ready to receive what it is that you desire down the road but you're not a vibrational match so I almost like I I can look back on every single one of my relationships and I have gratitude for each one of those those people even if they hurt me and betrayed me badly I needed that I really did need that and uh and that it's it's given me that that oomph or whatever it is that I was calling in to crack me open so I can prepare for the love of my life. Right. And I'm a firm believer of that. So yeah. 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 It's a, it's codependency, right? If you look at it, like that's really what it is. It's like, I'm your people that are attracting narcissistic people into their life or selfish people. It's like, yeah, I don't have boundaries because I didn't learn as a kid that it was okay to have boundaries. I didn't learn as a kid and to, to individuate or to get my needs met. And I put myself on the back burner. So of course you're going to attract narcissistic people because narcissistic people want to be put on the front burner Mm -hmm. and they want you to be on the back burner. Yeah. It's a a match. It's perfect. It's a perfect match. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's interesting. Um, Okay. So let's share a a bit about how do we know uh, when uh, or what we authentically desire and who our ideal partner is. This was a tough question. Um, Yeah. I'll start with who you authentically desire or, or what you authentically desire. Sorry. I I don't, I I know absolutely what I authentically desire and the how is through life experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say contrast, uh, which is basically contrast is basically um, what I don't want. When I know clearly what I don't want, the other side of that is I, I I be very clear on what I do want and what my authentic desires are. Um, so that's one, one of the biggest things I've learned is the difference between artificial desire and authentic desire. And Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. So our artificial desire is kind of what I want a relationship to look like on the outside. It's very egoic. I want a relationship that looks like this, that people will think this of a true desire is what I want the relationship to feel like from the inside. Mm. And that's how I differentiate. So example, that's so good is 
I want a relationship. This is kind of true. That looks good on Instagram, right? You know, those Instagram influencers, those couples, and they're like all in love and they have a puppy or a kid and they're all over the world and doing all the lovely things. I want that. Of course, that's, that's nice. But what that does to me is it means I start looking for people who look good on Instagram, yeah, who have a good social media game and who are really good at presenting to the world. Okay. I could do that. Yeah. Now, an authentic desire or a true desire is that I have, I want someone who will support me in my lowest moments when I'm scared or when I'm anxious, someone who like feels like home to me emotionally and who has the emotional wherewithal to deal with that. Mm. All right. That's a, that's an authentic mm. desire. You can't see that on Instagram. Yeah. So if, when I tap into that, then what I'm looking for is someone who scores high on empathy, mm -hmm. someone who has an emotional intelligence and someone who i feel safe being vulnerable with right yeah. so notice that right like if i'm if i'm looking at artificial desires i'm looking for these set of qualities and if i'm looking for authentic desires i'm looking for these set of qualities it completely changes the way i show up in dating or or how i'm looking at the world yeah yeah god i think you probably just called a lot of people out <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how do you negotiate between those two worlds because that sounds like yeah I mean, they're both, they're both valid and they're both part of yeah. me, right? Like it's not yeah. like one isn't part of me. It is. I do. I do want to look good on Instagram with my partner, of course, but it's kind of like, I, I, I look at it from a long-term versus short-term perspective. Okay. I'm like, what's the choice? Like, how do I want to lead in this moment? How do I want to like, which hat do I want to wear? Yeah. That's going to bring me closer to what I want in like 20 years, like the 20, the older, you know, we talk about future self. What's future Michael saying to do? What's he saying? He's saying, hey, go for the Instagram model. Or she's saying, hey, go for that guy who like, you know, has emotional intelligence or, or I feel secure with, even if he's not yeah. an Instagram model. Right. Yeah. 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 I like that. Hmm. I think part of it, part of the fun though, Matt, is I don't know who the ideal partner is. I, I, I like that. I think that's the, you know, going back to what I said about fun that's the fun of it is like who could it be it's like this mm -hmm. puzzle like is it is it you but not in a oh is it you it has to be you wait but in a, like a fun curious oh could it be you like let's find out let's yeah. go on some dates let's let's get to know each other and if it is great or maybe if we become friends fine but like not needing it to be something and just kind of being present with that level of connection whatever that may be like yeah. the universe put this person in my path let's find out why and just yeah. be very curious about it. And I'm very open to like letting the universe reveal these people to me, like one at a time, not, not necessarily saying, okay, it has to be this one. Okay. Cause that kind of has that desperation in it. And that's yeah. not, that's not a good attracting vibe uh, versus yeah. I'm going to just let this connection be what it is, be very organic with it, show up as me and see where this goes. And maybe if it goes on one day, great. If it goes on 10, if we end up in a relationship for two years, fine. If we end up together for a lifetime, fine. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I dig it. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question, but. Yeah. <laughs> does it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about you? Tell, tell us about you. Hmm. Yeah, what do you authentically can. desire? So, <laughs> I I feel like I've evolved a lot in this area and, but I want to share a bit of, from my old self. So um, one of my core wounds when I was younger was not feeling seen, uh, especially by my father. There was just an element. I think it was the emotional part, right? My father was there and he was present and, but I just didn't ever felt emotionally seen by him. And uh, so I would, I would just 
any guy that would just show me attention or show interest in me, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like sign on the dotted line and let's start this relationship. And, and I didn't really know what I truly valued. That's why I attracted a lot of, a lot of people that weren't a good fit for me. Right. Yeah. Um, at least, you know, on that, on that level that I was looking for. So, um, but I think w- one of the biggest things for me to answer this question would be values. Like, what are my values? What do I value? And I had to do a lot of deep work on myself to get to the point where I understood what my values were. And, uh, and then once I understand my values, it's like, do I have the skill set and the courage to set boundaries around my values to um, communicate my values? Because communicating values sometimes can lead to rejection. And it can cause a lot of anxiety for people, right? It's like, oh, I don't value that story. Like, I don't want to be around that. So so it's not going to work. That requires us to have to really step into our power. And a lot of people struggle with it. So I do find that, you know, I was bypassing my values for a very long time. And uh, part of that was why I fell into traps of red flags, because I was bypassing my values. And um, so that's that's a big part of it here. And it's funny, I I did a really cool exercise with Andre Lee. Andre Lee Wills, who was with me on the uh, the demisexual podcast, the pretty privileged one, and the heterophobia podcast, and uh, he took me through this exercise um, where he got like a, a an outline of a of a male figure uh, and just printed it out, and he had it on the screen. We did this over Zoom, and he, we went through each body part, and was like, okay, what do you, what are you looking for? What are you attracted to? What are you physically attracted to in uh, the male body? So we started obviously at the top, like, you know, what do you like for hair, for example? Oh, you know, I like this type of hair. Okay, well, what is it about this type of hair that you're drawn to? Like, why, why does that? And then I was, I, 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 I was really challenged by this, because I was like, I, there was a lot of like, uncon, you know, uh, Uh, unconscious biases and all sorts of things that I had to move through. Like, why do I like this? But then I was able to associate certain things with, with my desires. And I do want to obviously create the bridge here between physical attraction and what people are looking for on maybe a deeper energetic level of attraction, because they're both very important. And uh, I do see this a lot in the game brotherhood where people are like, well, attraction is always the thing that brings us to the person. And then we go from there. And for some people, most people, I'd say that's probably true, but not everybody um but physical does very much inform the other aspects but it was cool to be able to go through and like be like okay why do i like this what is this associated to guys with bigger noses i tend to like um that sort of thing so like what is that attached to so um, that really helped me get clear about like almost like this person like that i'm looking for and what would really light me up about them and why i'm drawn to these these characteristics of them um so that's that's another important piece. The uh the other thing is this this notion of feeling matched. So I think this is one of the most important things in my opinion. I'm really really learning this is this 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 sense of being matched and one of the areas that I think is the most important when it comes to um finding who our ideal partner is is somebody that matches you on the levels that you're currently at. Right. So that might be level of intelligence, emotional intelligence. It might be um, desire for closeness or desire for space. Oftentimes, when we are attracting people from the wounded parts of us, we're attracting the opposite of what we need to heal the part of us that needs to be attracted or needs to be healed. So, me, for example, 
I needed to heal the parts of me that were anxious in love and constantly self-abandoning. So I would attract avoidant men who incited me to abandon myself to, to connect with them. And that is, was highlighting what I needed to, to be healed. And now that I've healed that I'm attracting men who match me on my, on, on what it is that I want for, um, for my level of closeness and space, right? Because I'm no longer playing out that wound. So it's, I'm attracting what it is that I am, right? And it's beautiful because I have a desire for closeness and space. And I would say I'm more on the level of closeness for sure. I would say it's probably like a 65, 35 for closeness and space. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a very a person that values his freedom and space a lot, but I also love closeness, right? I think it's, it's the reason why we're in relationships. It's beautiful to have closeness with your partner. Um, so that feeling of being matched is really, really important. And it's been something that I've really struggled with because I've felt like um, I would never find that. I was like, man, like I keep attracting people that I'm, you know, either I perceive that I'm more conscious than them or more emotionally intelligent than them. And I'm always having to level them up to where I'm at. And I'm just like tired of that. Right. And I ideally at the end of the day, I'd love a partner that can help me level up too. Right. I don't want to always be leveling people up. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of where I'm at now is attracting people that can match me. Um, and then this is an important one for me too. What would I want if I didn't have any fear or shame? This is such a fear and shame hold me back in such a big way from my authenticity. And when it comes to relationships, cause it's like, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if I could handle this type of partner because it's going to bring up all my inadequacy and make me feel really insecure. So I'm not going to go for that, that partner, but yet there's so much charge and desire for a guy that might appear that way or, or have these characteristics. You know, an example might be a guy who's very attractive or very fit or very wealthy, like who wouldn't want to be with a partner like that. But yet there's, you know, a part of me that's like, I don't know if I could handle being in a relationship with somebody like that. So my fear and my shame trump my desire. And I think that that I'm always asking myself that, like, who would I be without this fear? And I try my best to move towards that, that, that person in me that wants what he wants beyond the fear. And that's why I'm struggling a bit in life right now is because I'm doing that. I'm literally abandoning my attachment to fear and I'm pushing through it and it's creating a lot of discomfort for me, but I'm like, I'm, I don't want to be ruled by fear or shame. I want to be ruled by my authentic desires and I want to, um, fulfill those desires and and live the life of my dreams because I deserve to live the life of my dreams. Right. And uh, so, yeah. And then um, a couple things that I just wrote is like, what makes me feel lit up? Like, yeah. I know I'm with somebody when I feel fire inside of me and it's just that, that feeling where you're lit up. And I think for a long time, I was afraid of that fire because I, it would, it would feel all consuming. Like love for me can be so intoxicating uh, that it throws me off. It can become almost addictive. Right. And, uh, so I think I've gone through life and this is totally my, my disorganized attachment going through life, minimizing people's importance to me, mm. you know, and there's a lot of sadness and grief around that because I think I've sabotaged a lot of, of really beautiful relationships by doing that. And that was the mechanism I used to keep myself safe, which is like, Oh, you know, they're not that big of a deal. I could, you know, find somebody like them after, or, you know, it's, you know, I would always minimize people's importance to me and it's shitty. It's not, it's not a good feeling to them. Right. And it's not a good feeling for me. So I think that's more of the avoidant 
part of my attachment style. And I see that a lot with, a, with people with an avoidant attachment style is they, they kind of minimize people's importance to them. Um, and then this is a big one that I'm noticing. And I think you'll relate to this because your work is your life, just like me. So who would be supportive of my life path, yeah. my Dharma, right? Because I, I don't think I could be with somebody that didn't acknowledge and recognize that there's going to be times where my work will be the priority in the relationship because my work is me. Like yeah. this is, I'm, I'm walking my, my, my life path is my work. And um, so having a partner that wants to get into the trenches with me and support my business and help me and, you know, ask me like, you know, what are you recording today? Like, you know, let's unpack it. Let's talk about it before you go on and record. Like I, that's the person I'm looking for, you know, somebody that takes a genuine interest in my life path and supports it. So hundred percent. Yes. I absolutely yeah. resonate with that. I think it's harder. I think it's harder to find because for most people, they're not entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, so they don't get it as much. Yeah. Um, but I will say that, you know, I've, I've been lucky and I think there are people who are genuinely interested in that. It's not, it's not hard. It might not be common, but it's not hard. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, that if you put that energy out there, you will, you will attract him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. You said something interesting about, um, you know, being at the same level. Yeah. And as you're talking about, I know it's like the exact opposite of what we're talking about here today, mm -hmm. but that also works when you're growing apart. So if you're in a relationship and let's say you are at the same level, it's very common for people to one to sort of outgrow the other, or even, I don't know yeah. if I want to say outgrow, but like grow in different directions, maybe. Is yeah, exactly. And that's kind of how you might be aligned in the beginning. We're talking about kind of getting into alignment, but like you might find that and then eventually things start to go separately. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really <clears throat> good way to kind of check in on your relationship is like, even with yourself, is this still a relationship I want to be in? Um, so, yeah. you know, you can grow together and, and grow apart. It's always fluid. And hopefully you find someone that's, you know, you don't always have to be at the exact same pace, but you are yeah. kind of with each other and you can support each other and you can kind of take turns being the one supporting versus the one being supported. Yeah, that's huge. And that there's, there's two parts of me when you were just shared that, that got activated and one of them was fear. And the other one was like, yes, that's what I want because yeah. it's like, it's an evolution and the skin is shedding in the relationship and then new skins being formed. So it's, I think, I believe relationships are about rediscovering, constantly rediscovering and getting creative. And I would say even more so in a monogamous relationship, because there's an element of like this, these are the two people in it. And you got to yeah. constantly be shedding skin and rediscovering each other if you want to keep the relationship fire burning, right? Yeah. But there was also this part of me that felt fear. And it was I know what it was. It was my my abandonment wounding around like, oh, shit, like I'm going to meet this person of my dreams and we're going to grow apart from each other or he's going to evolve out of the relationship and not want to be with me. And that's like probably one of my greatest relationship fears is like my partner meeting somebody else and then like yeah. not choosing me anymore. It's like, you know, that's a that's a, a tough a tough one. So, but I, I'm, I'm also have a higher consciousness knowing that if that were to happen, that that was meant to happen. And, uh, and I trust in that. Right. So, totally. yeah. Yeah. So good point. Uh, okay. Last question is what wisdom can you share on how to manifest your ideal partner? If I had to pick one thing, it would be what I said at the beginning, which is <clears throat> take the partner out of the equation. I know yeah. it's, I know it's counterintuitive, mm -hmm. but like we, so it's so easy to go in there with our checklist of, I want him to be this and this and this and this. And like, mm -hmm. we have that, like, you know, here's, here's all the, here's all the things he needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I, I do that too. 
but for at this level, like from a, you know, from a manifestation, it's really about taking those details out of the equation for now and focus mm -hmm. on the feeling that you want to feel when you are yeah. in his presence. I, I literally imagine, like I, I'll close my eyes similar to you and I have, I have a very good imagination, very good vis visualization, but I won't put a face on him. I'll imagine like a figure, a body in front of me, but he won't have a face. Mm -hmm. And I will instead think about how I feel in this person's presence whatever I want that to be fun, excited, aroused, supported, loved, loved yeah. is a big one, obviously. And I'll yeah. like be in the feeling of that without even knowing who this person is. And he doesn't have to be this. He doesn't have to, you know, look like this or dress like that. Nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Similar to that is focusing on the kind of relationship that I want. And then eventually the person will just, like I said, just show up. Right. So I want a relationship that is, you know, supportive where we have fun, where we laugh a lot, uh, where we can cuddle, that's very affectionate. I'll just feel the feeling of the relationship without the person specifically in it. Yeah. Um, and that really helps me. Actually, you know what does help with getting myself in that energy in that space is music. Yeah. Um, I'll put on like songs that just like make my heart want to like my favorite love songs or ballads that just yeah. make my heart <laughs> want to explode with love. And it yeah, just I gets me it. there. For me, music just gets me there. And so that yeah. that helps me create that energy. And then as I, you know, as that becomes my dominant vibration, the the people will the people will follow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's that's the number one is focus <clears> on the <throat> feeling, not the details, which I think people do mm -hmm. it the other way around. They focus on the details and not how they make them feel. It's both. It's how yeah. it's how the person makes you feel, but also who you are in that relationship. Yeah. Like which version of Michael do I want to be when I'm with my partner? Yeah. Right. I want to feel empowered. I want to feel alive. I want to feel expansive. I want to feel loving, right? As much as I want to receive mm -hmm. the love, I want to be able to like throw my love onto somebody. So it's 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 all about the emotional the emotional piece yeah yeah tremendously tremendously i'm just thinking about the people in our community that are listening to this right now that um feel like it's never going to happen and just that hopelessness and you know maybe you're getting older and you're like oh like is this ever going to happen for me and yeah you know there's a lot of frustration in our community and i think that's why there's this perseveration in our community around like finding our partner and dating. And it's like, we struggle with maintaining friendships with gay men because we're so hyper fixated on finding this partner. I see this a lot. Right. And uh, so what, what would you say to those people that are just feeling kind of hopeless if they're ever going to find this in their lifetime? Yeah. I think that hopelessness is very common and I felt it as well. Uh, not, not necessarily because of age, just because, you know, after going on a lot of bad dates, meeting a lot of people and getting rejected a lot of times, it's, it's easy to go there. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the way that I've dealt with it is that it, you you know Abraham, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the way Abraham describes it is uh, that I've disconnected form from source or from from the universe and from that infinite love, because if I'm feeling hopeless, it just means that I've stopped believing or part of me does not believe, and so the work is to believe that you are deserving. Yeah. Um, and I know that that's hard, but also if it's, you know, the attraction piece of it, the, the law of attraction piece of it is tough because you have to like, if you're stuck in hopelessness, it's, it's hard to just say, okay, get out of it. I like, mm -hmm. you have to kind of go neutral and just like go to bed or do something else. Take your yeah. attention off of the subject 
for a little while. Like stop if you're dating a lot, stop dating, get off the apps. Yeah. Get a hobby. Go do something <clears throat> else. Focus on your family. Focus on your work. Just put it in neutral for a little while yeah. and then come back to it with a fresh perspective or at least without all the activated hopelessness that comes with that particular topic of dating or love. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think because um, this actually comes up quite a bit in in the work that I do with clients. And, you know, part of the what I'm what I, I, I support my clients with is healing and getting them into a place where they can become a vibrational match. And I always say you have to become the love that you're looking for. Yeah. You have to look and feel the love inside of you before you can ask somebody else to love you right you can only love as deep as you love yourself right so that's the karma that we're all trying to work in this life is we're all trying to fill the hole with somebody but really it's about there is no hole and we're or if there is we're pouring love out so how do we become the love that we want to receive while we give it right? We give it and we don't just give it to a romantic partner. We give it to our parents. We, we volunteer, we be of service. Like love is love. Doesn't know whether it's romantic or platonic or any of this love is a feeling that's ignited inside of us. And I think that is the piece. And I think a lot of uh, what I see with a lot of, a lot of humans, but again, this, this is a podcast for gay men is that there's a lack of worthiness. We don't feel like we're worthy of love. Um, and I worked with the mantra uh, and the affirmation, I am worthy of love and belonging for a very long time. And I did not believe it. And it was my deepest, deepest wound was that right there. And it was shame. Shame taught me that I was not worthy of love and belonging. And that's the work I'm still doing, to be completely honest. I'm still learning how to be worthy of love and belonging. And I would say more so the belonging piece right now, because the, I really do feel worthy of love now, but I don't quite feel worthy of belonging yet. And I think that's a piece of it. And they do go hand in hand. If we love ourselves, we will feel worthy of belonging. Yeah. So they're kind of tied in. So yeah, there's that, that piece I think is huge. Um, and it's funny that you brought up Abraham because I brought her up in my notes and I was going to talk about her. So, and uh, I was maybe a little bit going to shit on her, <laughs> but I do love her. Yeah. Um, she's one of the very first people that I've started following, but I don't think she's trauma informed or trauma trained at all. Like, I just think she's, she bypasses that element and we can't manifest and we cannot become a vibrational match to what we desire if we have major wounding around love and relationships aren't safe, mm -hmm. right? So I do, I do think there's a, a big piece in that. So, you know, it's not just think positive thoughts and, and get into that energy of attracting what we desire. We have to go into the belly of the beast and do the deep work before the thoughts are going to even grab in, grab onto us and say, yes, this, this is what we want to manifest. Because then we have an inner conflict. Okay, I'm going to think th thoughts. Yeah, I'm worthy of love and belonging. I'm worthy yeah. of love and belonging. And we're just going to, we're going to try and will our way to being worthy of love and belonging. Well, we got to, we got to connect to the deep hurt and, and pain and trauma that we experienced when we were younger that told us that we're not worthy of love and belonging. And we've continued to harbor that and build these castle walls around our heart, right? That's the work that we need to do. And then manifestation, then law of attraction, then intention setting, becomes really powerful um but we can't manifest yet what we have not become a match to i think that's that's 100%. important 
can I add something or do you want to always you have more? No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do, um, but you, you go, I want you to go. Yeah. Okay. So I would say that work is like the beginning. You're right. It's the, it's the first thing, right? You need to yeah. do that first. And then I'd say at the end of the line, there's something that a lot of people don't do as well. Going back to your example of what would you say to somebody who was kind of feeling hopeless? I would love to know. And then when I, when I work with these clients, I always ask the same question is like, what are you doing to attract, right? Like yeah. what action, like what action steps are you taking? And again, I want to reiterate, this is the end, right? You kind of do this after you've, at the same time, as you're doing the energetic work or the mindset work or the trauma work, the healing work. <clears throat> but what I find is like, you have to be open to surprises. The way I imagine it is like, I have this desire, like let's say it's for a romantic partner. And like the way I imagine it is like, there's an infinite number of ways that the universe is trying to get this to me. Like, oh, yeah. we're trying to give it to you here, 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 here. And if I think, oh, the only way I'm going to find it is on Tinder, the universe is like, well, that's one of many. Like, what if you just go for a walk? What if you join, I don't know, a volunteering organization and then you meet a woman who's the volunteer director who has a nephew who is your life's mate, right? Like you have no idea where this could be coming from. And exactly. part of it is just being open and saying yes to all of the different ways instead of having it be your way on your timeline through this one app or at this one bar or whatever. It's yeah. it's amazing how many paths there are to your ideal partner. You just have yeah. to be open and say yes. 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 I say yes. <laughs> I say yes. Uh, you know, it's what's really what's really coming through when you're sharing that is like asking myself the question, what scares me about falling in love? Mm. What scares me about falling in love? Because we all romanticize it. But then when it comes, we there, there's parts of us and well, I'll speak for myself. There's a part of me. I want it. And then when it starts to happen, I get scared. That's that's what's blocking that's that's the hopelessness that's because there's the dissonance right i have these fears i have these desires and i have not integrated them i have yeah. not worked with them so i think that's why we haven't attracted our person so or or people <clears throat> so i've had to get really clear about what my fears are about falling in love and i've had to start to work on them and i've had to look back at like okay where does this come from <laughs> do you want right? to share do you want to share your biggest one oh. Well, I think I already did, but I think that my, my, my biggest, biggest one, it revolves around abandonment. And I've shared on the podcast before my parents split when I was young, my dad left, I didn't see him very much. Um, and it, my life was very chaotic. I was put into complete chaos as a, as a young kid without coping skills to, to deal with that. And it was all because of love. So I saw love ending leads to pain relationships lead to pain and it will lead to me being abandoned and so this was this is a deep deep core wound that i'm still working on and um and that's what's been blocking me from being able to attract it because when i have a relationship in my life it it feels very very um activating right and my nervous system is just constantly peaking and valleying and it's just it creates chaos in my life so I've had to learn how to how to regulate my nervous system and how to uh, understand how my nervous system works. So a big part of my work has been befriending my nervous system and connecting with my soma, my body, and understanding how it's uh, informing my psychology. And so this is this has been my work, and it's been a very very painful, very heavy work. But it's it's my path to liberation. I'm not going to say that it is everybody's path to liberation, but uh, you know, being somebody that is is trained in attachment trauma, like healing attachment trauma, I do think that this is a big 
part of the healing is it's happens through the nervous system and, and learning how to co-regulate and learning how to emotionally attune with somebody, all these things. So, but we got to feel safe. We got to be willing to let people in. It's, it's huge. Yeah. Um, okay. So my little list here. So the very first thing uh, would be set the intention that this is what you want. Um, and don't expect it to come right away. Expect to get all the tests expect to get what yeah. you need. <laughs> so don't attach to, Oh, okay. I'm going to set an intention. I want my soulmate to come into my life. Now don't it, it's expect he's going to ride in on a white horse and, and sweep you away. It's probably not going to look like that. It's going to look like you're going to attract the narcissist who will come in and try and evade your boundaries. And then you stand up and say no more. And then he goes away. Test one passed. Okay, cool. You're going to get another test and you're going to go through and you're going to attract exactly what you need to get to your soulmate. That's what an intention will likely look like. And people romanticize intentions and think, yeah. okay, I'm going to set this intention and it's going to come to me in this form of the fantasy, but it likely won't happen like that. It'll happen down the road. So that's, that's key. And then, you know, part of intention setting is looking at your why, why do I even want this? Why do I want love? Why do I want my soulmate? What is it going to do? How is it going to enrich my life? Yeah. Um, getting, Getting, yeah, right. Getting a lot of uh, clarity around that. Um, and then healing the parts of you that are seeking love for the wrong reasons. I use wrong in quotation marks because I don't think there's wrongness in this journey. I just think there's unhelpfulness. So um, are you filling holes? Are you using relationships to fill your holes? And touching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, we can use relationships to fill our holes, <laughs> but uh, we don't want to yeah. be doing that from a place of, um, you know, I, I define codependency as uh, finding, you know, finding our, our worth in our relationships, not within ourself. And that's really what it comes down to. So we got to look at how we're showing up in our relationships and, and are we using them to do the work that we need to be doing for ourselves? I think that's, that's key. Perfect. Um, visualize i'm a huge visualizer so one one way to manifest is to look at which of your senses um is really strong so for me it's visualization like seeing my eyes uh, my third eye is very open that's how i manifest so really looking at okay are you uh do you visualize through your ears or or do you uh, manifest through your ears or touch? Like what really, really gets you in the place where you can start to connect with that um, and, and follow that. Uh, action versus surrender. So discernment. I think spiritual discernment is so, so important on the journey because we can get into this mentality of a hyper masculine action, action, action. And we set the intention and then we go to work <laughs> and it's like, cool, great, go to work. But then you got to chill for a bit. You got to, yeah. you got to integrate uh, all that work. So yes, see a therapist or, or whatever, do that work. And then you have to learn how to surrender and let the universe come in. You got to get out of your own way if you want manifestation to, to work, because keep in mind that when we manifest, we're working in co-creation with the universe. So we are 50% of that equation. The universe is the other 50. And if your dominant energy is taking hundred percent of it, the universe won't be able to come in and support your journey. So we got to, we got to have a balance between action and surrender um, and I love how you said, you already said this, but I'll reiterate it is attachment to the outcome. Um, when we see something and we think that it has to play out that way, 
the beautiful thing about co-creation is the universe knows the universe the universe from my belief system created my destiny so if my creator created my destiny i think i should give my creator some credit to know what i desire and know what i want right and my ego sometimes trumps that and is like no no no, i want this i want a guy that is this tall and has this and this and this and i've got all these criteria set out and then guess the universe brings me the opposite of that but it my my heart is so full and my soul is so satiated by this connection right so sometimes we have to let go of our attachment to what we think it needs to be and we have to just um be willing to receive um what is what's coming for us right uh and then the last thing i have is monitor thoughts of lack because and this is again we talked about it already gratitude is so important on this journey like when we when we hyper focus on lack and what we don't have that is it's it's just reinforcing scarcity mindset and law of attraction and manifestation work on abundance abundance mindset so we have to have a fundamental belief that there is enough i'm enough there's enough and the world will always provide the universe will always provide when we're ready to receive and uh and we actually in my opinion i think we get we we are ready to receive when we're grateful for what we already have not with our hands out being like i'm ready to receive it's actually like my hands are on my heart yes. and i'm like my life is full you know i have so much going for me right now but i do have a desire for more yes right that's a, a beautiful place to be and i'm always trying to to master that it's very hard but i try my best every day to to focus on gratitude and and while still honoring my desire for more yeah yeah that's a great mantra uh you know i love i love where i am and i'm eager for more right yeah it's so beautiful and i do the same thing matt with my hands on my heart that is yeah like when i talked about receiving i do the same thing it's very much here in yeah. this chakra or this like heart like the center yeah um yeah. and you're right everything you said is 100 percent been my experience as well so i think we must be onto something if there's two of us that that feel the same way <laughs> yeah exactly i agree <laughs> i agree uh any final thoughts before we wrap up this has been a great uh, a great episode yeah. yeah i have a f- two quick ones one about receiving yeah. um so we talked a lot about receiving what i notice is that you know people aren't necessarily good at receiving and mm-hmm. they even think of it in the easy way like if someone pays you a compliment do you graciously receive that and say oh thank you so much or do you deflect right so I think be very aware of all the different things that are coming in for you. And yeah. again, like I had said in the beginning, just give it a little thank you to the universe, but also how how good are you at receiving things like compliments, things you say, thank you. Do you yes. deflect and say, oh, no, 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 I don't want that. Or no, no, that's not for me. Um, because that might be something that's holding you back. You have to have like literally open arms and say, give it to me because I'm ready yes. for it. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that. I do not know how I missed that. <laughs> That's like <laughs> the most important part of, of, right? We have to, we manifest and then we have to be willing to receive. So yes, I'm glad we ended on that. Is there, did, did you have another thing you wanted to share? Yeah, one more thing. Um, yeah. Just that, you know, when we talk about manifesting your ideal partner, yes. Mm-hmm. The one caveat I have for everyone is that just because you manifest the ideal partner doesn't mean there's not going to be work in the relationship when it gets there. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah just just for saying ideal partner does not mean it's like smooth sailing for the rest <laughs> yeah. of your life. There will yeah. always be conflict. There will always be things to deal with and growth and and challenges in any relationship. So I just want to put that out there that I'm not advocating for like some fairy tale yeah. man to walk in and just everything's gonna be smooth. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I almost wouldn't want a relationship like that because I think the cycles of of con- conscious conflict, I'll call it, and intentional, you know, you working through conflict, that's that's the beauty of it. Like that's, you know, like yeah. it, it's the repair that brings us back into intimacy. So I've and learned. Closer. Yeah, closer exactly. Together, yeah. yeah, conflict transformation. We, you know, we teach it in our, uh, in our, coaching collection uh, and our building better relationships course because it's uh, it's essential to learn how to negotiate and work with part in, within partnerships around conflict and doing it from a place of uh, of using conflict to transform and deepen intimacy in relationships so yeah it's powerful that's all i got powerful yeah me too i feel i feel like we've we've shared some pretty some pretty good stuff today so um, again, as always, thanks for sharing your wisdom and it's always nice to connect. <laughs> Same. I, I love our vibe. It's just so, it's just so easy. I love it. I love creating with you. So as you're speaking, I want to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know me too. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, that yeah. Too, that too. <laughs> it's just like, it just goes like, there's like, it doesn't take any effort. It's like, it's so beautiful. Like it feel, I feel like what you say is like exactly what I was going to say next. Like we have Same. such great like flow and resonance. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate that. And hopefully the the viewer listener is also picking up on that because it does feel feel good. So, um, all right. So if you have not already, come and join us in the Game as Brotherhood on Facebook. Um, that is important. And actually, I will say this because we've been getting some people reaching out. So we have a few rules in the Brotherhood space uh, for, for entry is that you have to have a photo uh, to get in a profile picture and your f- account has to be at least a year old because there's a lot of spam accounts. If this is not you, if you, if you're just creating a brand new profile to come in and join us, please email us at info at gaymansbrotherhood.com and let us know because otherwise uh, we will just, our moderators will not let you in and that can feel very rejecting, but we're not doing it intentionally. Obviously it's because we want to pr- protect the integrity of our community because there's so many bots and there's a lot of homophobes that are you know want to come into our community and be be evil so we have to be really really mindful of that um please again comment and uh in on youtube we love to to read your guys's comments and um if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform please leave us a star rating hopefully five stars if you enjoyed what you heard today and lastly you can check us out uh at gaymensbrotherhood.com for all of our courses resources get onto our email list all the fun things there so uh, thanks again for tuning into another episode and we look forward to seeing you guys next week bye-bye